Hey, Rich, you wanted to tell me a story about somebody. I do, and I'm going to have uh, a two-for-one advice on the other end of it. Oh, you think we'll be able to extrapolate some advice from the story? Two. Oh, I'm excited. Not one for two distinct audiences. Let's, get, let's do some advising, my friend. My name is Jane. Okay. I am... Okay, great. Good. I'm a QA uh, analyst. Quality assurance analyst. QAA at Microsoft. Oof, okay, wow. And I do QA, and I'm ambitious. I'm young, and I'm ambitious. And I do QA, and I do a good job of it. But then I realized something. I realized that the usability of the QA tools at Microsoft sucked. Oh, you were inside of these tools all day, and you went, "I need to. these need to be better. I'm like, how many people use these? She was like, oh, about 40,000 engineers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Went to my boss, and I said, can I, quote, unquote, leave this role, and let me recruit a small team, a UI, UX person, a product manager, and a couple of engineers. Let, let me be your boss. Jane, I admire your initiative. Give me six months. All right. And I'm gonna, I want to create better tools. I want to first, I want to spend, oh, give me 12 months. Okay, okay. You're very Sco- nice, boss. Scope's already Thank creeping. So- <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Microsoft. What do you want? I want to spend four months studying how people test software at Microsoft. And then I want to learn from that and then come up with, frankly, uh, a VS Code plugin that's going to make life a lot easier. And frankly, be, make everyone a lot more efficient. All right. Well, our mission and our mandate is to help developers. So, Jane, you seem like you really want to get this going, and I got the budget over here. Let's make it happen. I'm going to get out of your way. Stan, thank you so much. Not a problem. Uh, off we go. I cherry-picked a few people. I pitched it on the internal job board at Microsoft. Oh. Got okay. a UI UX person. Got a product manager. There's me and a couple of engineers. It's amazing that that software worked that well. It took two months yeah. <laughs> to post it. <laughs> the SQL Server disaster that they use in hell. Uh, okay. Got the team together. I called it the QA Tiger team. Rawr. <laughs> and off we went. We studied how people work. I, my my, my um, instincts were correct. Okay. Everybody had the same pain. Everyone okay. had the same issues. C- Jane, Jane, this is a lot of detail. We came up with... A beautiful new plugin. We wanted to de- deploy it across the org, and we set up. I want to set up a series of training sessions. And guess what happened next? Oh, what happened, Jane? This sounds great. Sounds like you did a great job. I went to the Bing team. Ooh. I went to the Microsoft Edge team. Ooh. I went to the Office 365 team. Oh man. I went to about a dozen teams at Microsoft. Sh- SharePoint. What's SharePoint? Isn't that what? No. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Okay, <laughs> onward, onward. Yeah, onward. Yeah. I went to the Microsoft Dynamics team. <laughs> <laughs> and Flight Simulator. I got to be honest. Yeah. It was a bummer. It no was buy-in? real sad. No buy-in. I, out of about a dozen teams, two let me even do the training. Oh, they didn't want your people to use this. They didn't want to. No, yeah. no. Nobody said don't use it. They're like, just send us the tool. Add it to the plugin library. Oof. At Visual Studio. Like, can I put it publicly? No, this is internal Microsoft asset. 
So I put it on the internal plugin library. Oh, huge. Just a, like a hot air balloon crashing to the ground. Just hugely deflating. And I made the business case. My boss is a QA manager. So he didn't care about the fact that this actually translates into money and say, could save thousands of man hours for Microsoft. You just wasted a whole team for a year, Jade. You failed terribly. Not just that. I loved my job for that period of time. I'm sad of how it ended. Oh, you liked leading the team and building the thing. That, that, was a, that was a byproduct of the fact that I was doing something that felt impactful in a very big place, potentially. But now nothing's happening. Not only is nothing happening, but that feeling of rejection, of disinterest in what I'd been doing was kind of... I'm not a political person. Well, now you have nothing to show for a whole year. My boss said, don't worry about it, Jane. Oh. Come back to work. Okay. Come back, back Jane. Back to QA. You done good. Yeah. Come back. Nice try. Nice try. And I have to tell you, my relationship with my job changed fundamentally after that. Got depressing? It got... Depressing might be too strong a word. I work at Microsoft. But I'm doing good. It is true. They they actually treat their people. I mean, it's, you know. It's any, a good job. Any I color of M&M you want. You there's on-campus dry cleaning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm doing fine. But. Just the word campus is always a tell. My passion. Uh, the idea of having passion behind what I was doing made me happy to go to work every day. You were excited to lead product. You thought that was great. I didn't care if it made millions in value for Microsoft. That wasn't the point. The well, point is I got to see something become real. And they I credit to my boss for giving me the chance to go do it. He'll probably get fired for that too, but that's okay. <laughs> Let's we'll just keep rolling here. On the other side of it, I'm a little ashamed of this. I'm looking back now. This is a few years ago. Yeah. Um I became kind of short in meetings sure i kind of assume the worst of everyone well this company sucks it wouldn't get behind you and your idea when someone really cheery showed up kind of waving the microsoft flag i kind of hated them out of the game oh, well i mean they'll smash your dreams yeah. why why have anything yeah um i was unhappy sure and you could say well Understand your perspective. There's work and then there's life. And your life isn't just about work and blah. But look, I wake up, I have breakfast and I go to work. And I come home and I have dinner. It's Most of my waking hours are at this job and I'm in a place where nothing I do matters. Yeah, that sounds like working at a giant tech company in 2023, <laughs> Jade. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I wish, uh, I'm not a schmoozer. Okay. I don't try to butter up the right people to get a promotion. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a place that would recognize my passion and reward me for it, but it wasn't. And now I don't care about Microsoft. Well, Jane, this is very normal. Very, very, very normal. You put your neck out. You say, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. I'm real excited. And then I think this is actually kind of one of the worst things about giant orgs is they can absorb an unbelievable amount of failure. And so... They're designed to. A mid, if you were a startup, 
and you done that, it would be like, well, that sucked. And then you'd be depressed for a little while. Yeah. But you'd have to go get another job and reboot your life and you'd find a different context. Yes. If you were a mid-sized company, oof, they probably wouldn't have let you do it in the first place because they don't need all those tools. Let's yeah. all call them down and just get our jobs done. Yes. We'll make progress as we go. But big companies are like millions of little tribes, all yes. kind of like interacting, collaborating. And you can fail. And then they're like, well... Come in on Monday, we'll figure it out. And then you just stare into the void. They're like investment portfolios. They expect a certain percentage of the portfolio to fail. It's surreal. Uh, You and I, when we go and talk to big company people, and this is the fundamental difference, I think, between you and me and them, is we really still feel failure. It's absolutely a necessary ingredient for success. It's existential and wired for us. And we were talking to people at a giant company the other day, and they were just sort of like, yeah, that one's not so good. And it like not so good is pretty like a large team, and things are falling (laughs) apart. And you're just like- Hundreds of millions of dollars pissed away. Holy cats, right? I want to turn this into advice. This one's going to be airtight, Paul. All right, let's do it. advice for both sides of this story. Okay, Jane. Jane. Jane, the easy advice is once you put everything into it and you tried, if you're respected, you probably can try again. Don't just fall into the job. That's true. You don't have to give up. You don't get to go do the next one right away. You don't get to do the next one right away. And of course, there's the option that I'm going to throw out there, though I know a lot of people, there's too much at stake. They've got unvested stock, blah, 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 is leave. Leave to a different setting. If you're that entrepreneurial and you want to play, let me, let me go throw, play else. Let me throw a compromise solution in because I, I think that you, you tend to see things like this a little black and white. If I'm Jane, this is what I'm going to tell Jane to do. Okay, go back to your job for a couple of months. Now you need to fight. You, you've gained valuable experience. You worked really hard. It didn't work out. Admit and acknowledge that and then go find a team to connect to or a part of your org under your boss. There's job boards inside of those giant organizations, right? Go go, go take a step back and take a learning step. Go do something yeah. where the next time you do it, you'd be more likely to succeed. Have coffee with a lot of people. People respect that move. Yes. Your next move has to be something where people go like, well, yeah, that screwed up, but I really respect her because she's taking what she's learned and she's trying to move forward and I I respect the ambition, right? Absolutely. You got to show that. And then I think you really have a chance that the next thing you do, now, does that suck? Does that take three years to get to the next big thing? Yes. Potentially. It does. But if you want that sweet, sweet, giant corporate governance nurturing swaddling, it's going to take three years. Yeah. It's just going to cost you. Otherwise, go to a smaller org or go start something by yourself. I want to share a reality for Jane. Okay. Uh, People in large org structures, this kind of applies to everything, except for like democratic government. People defend the status quo. And what you're going to find is... Oh, yeah, in government, they never defend the status quo. The blockers are oftentimes put up by people more less intelligent and more tired than you. Well, you know, there's a great line actually in government, which is, and other people said this too, which is, don't knock down the fence until you know why the fence was put up in the first place. Great quote. Right? Great it's just, quote. It, it, is, it is affecting change in a large place is hard. And the truth is, a lot of the times, it's a terrible feeling. When you're pitching 
this thing that's going to get them 10% more productivity, and nobody in the room cares. Hold on a minute. <laughs> the architecture of the giant organization is built to insulate itself against an enormous amount of failure. Exactly. And it's built to create irrelevance in human beings. Absolutely. That's it's how the by they, design. That's how the broader being can survive. And See thrive the, the issue that breaking it. You could argue that the issue Jane was facing was that she found this temporary zone where she was able to believe in her own importance and significance to the organization, where the organization wasn't paying much attention because she was off on an expedition. Agreed. Again, credit to her boss. He let her. He let her give it a go. Yeah, right? but she comes back and people reject it. Okay. That's not a failure. That's the organization behaving as designed. That's exactly. It's not rejection. That's right. It's disinterest. The opposite of love is not hate. It's disinterest. Uh, You know, the the tricky thing in these roles over and over again, and you and I are going back and talking to very large organizations again, and we're starting to, to, uh, you know, with the work Mm -hmm. that we do. Um, This is something I now know in my heart, but it took a long time to understand. It might take them three weeks to reply to an email. And you know why? Mm. Because you, even though your world is very important, your world and the thing that you're trying to do with them represents 5% of the portfolio. Or two. Or two. Yeah. And, and therefore, no matter how great the meeting was and how well everybody's getting along, mm. 2%. Yeah. It's yeah. 2%. But you yeah. do feel when you're Jane and you feel like you're actually, mo- you're, I'm going to move things. I like the people here and I'm going to move things in a good direction. L- L- Let's leave it with one last piece of advice, which is sales advice. All of this is sales. Yes. When you go into a room and persuade people to do something they wouldn't otherwise do, and that could be a department across the campus, it's just sales. The number one rule of sales is understand the setting and priorities of the audience you're going into. Well, this is why as an agency, we were often successful. Partly was we could actually deliver software. That was good. Yeah. Okay. But the other thing that we would do is, especially with high-level clients, at a very, very early in the relationship, we would start to craft the story they had to tell inside of the organization about the software. Well, even before that, yes, we did do that. But even before that... We were just there to observe. We would say very little that first meeting because we wanted to understand the setting they were in, the context they were thinking about things, how their priority. Sometimes you could tell they were so overwhelmed by something else, but they were told to go take the meeting with us. That was a, th- a tell. It's like, I'm here now because my boss said to do this with you. Yeah. And you could tell their heads were elsewhere. Look, technology is nothing without a story. Technology is nothing less. And this, this is, it's, it's, it's not a Silicon Valley truism, but it is a New York City truism. Let's flip over to the employer. Okay. I'm going to give that boss, employer, manager one quick piece of advice. Go for it. If you happen to have someone that is passionate about something, uh, Jane's boss gave her a green light. But if it doesn't work out, you have a passionate person in front of you who wants to affect change. You could put them anywhere. You could oftentimes say, I trust you. I like you. You're motivated. Help me do a thing. See, the hard part, though, is when the failure hits, your instinct is to just kind of like 
limit the blast radius and maybe protect that person and try to kind of get it under the rug. Yeah. And you're kind of saying like, hey, you know what? Promoter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess what I'm getting at, this isn't after Jane's thing fell through. Yeah. What I'm getting at is like you can you could hire someone and just realize they are a tornado. They're really looking to do stuff. They just want to do stuff. Yes. They want whatever they do to have a meaningful impact. And what I've found in my experience is when you recruit that person to something they didn't even know existed, some secret project over here, they were all in. That is a personality type. And you, if you have it, it's gold. It I, really is gold. I have it. I can get excited about anything. You are, well, it's a little, dis- you are ready to join any cult that is um, aligns with what you're trying to get done. It's something I know about myself, and so I avoid. I've seen it. I avoid just about everything because it's a danger. One of the most talented engineers I ever worked with at my old agency, I pitched him coming on to work with me uh, somewhere else, and he looked me straight in the eyes. He's like, I'm very lucky. I, I'm going to pick what I actually care about and go work on that. Yeah. And he went to Reddit and he became a senior person at Reddit because he loved Reddit at that time. That's and, tricky. And that's, <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Yeah. Um, but he was very self-aware in knowing that he was going to do a better job because he cared and actually had a, a real passion for something. Someone could say to you, you know what? I want to work on climate. I care about it. I will do whatever. I'm not going to be picky. I just want to join that cause and bring my skills to bear in that space. If you see that, and they don't even have to tell you what they want to do. If someone has that disposition, which there isn't a lot of these days, I think the pandemic broke us. I think we're on our phones a lot, and we, it's just hard to find people who really want that. And I'm not talking about ambition for the bonus and the promotion. I'm talking no, about just it. someone who wants to ship yeah. stuff, right? Jump on it. Like, as an employer, don't waste that person. Like, that person is going to get dejected if they get shot down again, and they'll leave. So take advantage of it. That's the person that works hard. You don't have to tell them about how hard they're working, ever, because they like it. They like what they're doing. All right. There was. That was like a half dozen pieces of advice. Just just gleaming advice nuggets just oozing out of the, the sides the, of your podcast the California machine. streams in 1849 <laughs> um, I'm proud of you Paul as we close this podcast out we didn't sound like grumpy old men telling everybody to work harder no I look humans it's, com- are, it's more complicated humans are going to do what they do they're going to do what they do all right, well, that's it. Ziotti Ford Advisors. Check us out at ziottiford.com or send an email to hello at ziottiford.com. Rich, what's our handle on Twitter? If you're on Twitter, it's Ziotti Ford. That's right. The Ziotti comes before the Ford. That was a that was a thoughtful discussion. We'll talk about that later. All right, bye, everybody. Have a, bye, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>